What do Quincy Jones, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Flying Lotus have in common? They're all fans of Lewis Cole. He's had the rare pleasure of performing in Quincy Jones' living room, been invited on tour with the Red Hot Chili Peppers and signed to Fly Low's label Brain Feeder, which isn't bad going for someone whose first two albums were released through his YouTube channel. Our producer Jack sat down with Lewis backstage before his show in London this month to talk about his latest album, Time, and his follow-up EP of live sessions recorded with his talented friends including Nate Wood and Ben Wendell from Kneebody, Jacob Mann, Sam Wilkes and Genevieve Atardi, to name but a few. Don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us on the Ninja Tune podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Just, uh, just as a sort of slight overview for, for, for people that don't already know, you are obviously an LA-based uh, musician. Yeah. Um, what's your, um, what would you say your earliest memory of like being exposed to music was? Man, it goes so far back. Like probably my earliest, earliest memories that I have have music involved somehow. Because um, my dad, he played jazz piano, like. Not professionally, but a lot, and, and he would either be playing piano or he would be showing me just some really cool music. He has like an insanely huge record collection, and it was like full of the coolest music ever. And so he just, I was constantly exposed to that all the time. Yeah, so it's just some, probably one of those memories. When you, um, so is that when you first kind of realized one of your earliest memories was essentially realizing you wanted to be a musician. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I realized I wanted to be a musician. I just had to do musical some stuff. Like, I don't know. I, I remember I used to just, like, bang my head on my pillow to try to fall asleep, and I'd be, like, humming Raffi songs and stuff like that when I was, like, I don't know, five. And... Um, then I'd be like playing on my mom's pots and pans with spoons and stuff. So I never was like, oh, I'm gonna be a musician. I actually wanted to be a helicopter pilot back then, but I, I think I just still needed to like do kind of some kind of musical expression in some form back then. <laughs> So when, how did you first start making music? Um, I started 
I started like taking drum lessons when I was maybe seven or eight with this guy Ed Mars, and so I was like not that like super serious about drums. I guess as serious as like a regular seven or eight year old is. You know, I would just be taking a drum lesson every week or something. And but it wasn't until like I was maybe eleven, and my uncle gave me this like little like keyboard where you could like record six tracks on it and layer six tracks on top of each other with like these really old sounds on it and uh, I don't know I just like I, I just remember thinking like his music was like that's how he made music my uncle just on these little keyboards and it just sounded like really unrestricted and free and just like just his mind just down on, on a musical format so I he gave me one of his keyboards and I just started like messing around like that and uh so you almost started experimental rather than like being yeah. classically trained in it yeah yeah just like a go for it just try stuff mentality and i didn't really know i didn't really have m much formal piano training or anything but i listened to like a lot of james brown and stuff like that and i think probably that's how i learned how to play keyboard was just like trying to play james brown bass lines and stuff yeah, yeah. on the keyboard <laughs> i think that was like and then so I just started writing like really weird songs. Someday I'm gonna release all those, or a lot of those songs from back then when I was like 11 and 12. Cause they were like, some of them still hold up. Like, they're like super weird, man, but like they're, <laughs> I think they deserve to be like maybe heard at some point, yeah. So you, you mentioned that your first instrument was the, the drums, obviously. Yeah. Was that sort of your root in and then everything else came from that? I think drums, a lot of what I do is still based on drums because it's just like, even when I play the keyboard, I feel like I'm playing drums on the keyboard a lot of times. It's just like it's rhythmic stuff. So that would, yeah, that had a lot to do with it. first start making videos as a sort of fun way of getting your music out there or did you always kind of consider the two sort of inextricably linked from the beginning? I never thought of it beginning like that but my uh, my friend Jack Conti he was like really like breaking through in his career on YouTube just like putting out uh, videos of him recording songs and it's a pretty like basic concept but I remember one time he just told me like it was like the best pep talk I ever got ever and he just like sat me down and was like you can have a musical career just put out your stuff on YouTube so I just started releasing stuff like that so as far as releasing goes yeah that's how I 
your first label was YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Where did you get inspiration from when you were originally like filming and editing your videos? Was there someone in particular? Was it was it Jack Conti or were, were you sort of? Yeah, at first definitely, just because like it was it was pretty basic. You just show you playing the part, like the drums or the keyboard or the vocal or whatever. You just have the camera on while you're recording the song, and then you put that in the video at the end, you know, and you just cut to whatever you want to show. Um, and then uh, I don't know. I started like I. I started incorporating like the other influences I had. Like growing up, I loved the movie Tron, like the 1982 version, and then like I, lo I loved Super Nintendo graphics, and and then like I started later on watching a lot of Tim and Eric, and like stuff like that. And, and then the big one for me lately is um, there's this genre of video called YouTube poops. There's some really good uh, artists who make YouTube poops. Basically, they take an existing video and then they cut it up and edit it so that it's like completely something else and it's like really like my favorite kind of humor I think it's just like so unexpected and weird and the video editing is just like killing so that's probably my biggest influence now I would say. Apart from videographers um, who are some of the artists you know musicians or otherwise that you've kind of enjoyed collaborating with? Um, sometimes it's hard for me to collaborate but definitely my favorite is Genevieve Artati. We have a band called Knower it's me and her that write everything and um, definitely her, she's been my favorite to collaborate with. But I've, I've had some other good times, like I've written a, kind of a lot of songs with Thundercat now. I mean, we've only released like three of them, I think, total between the two of us, but we have like way more. I think we have like maybe nine or ten even. Um, I like writing with him. It's fun. Uh, I think we think similarly about certain things. Because that was sort of your, that was how you came into the sort of orbit of Brain Feeder, wasn't it? You yeah, were... this, this guy Dennis Ham, who plays keyboards on with Thundercat and also he played on a song on my last album, he kind of like showed my music to all those people, I think. Like he showed it to Thundercat and Flying Lotus and stuff like that and I think that was, yeah, the intro. of your songs um, seems to be about kind of finding um, solace in like your your own company yeah. um, and that kind of being an intrinsic part of your writing process would you say that that's when you kind of feel you're most creative yeah I, man definitely like when I'm traveling or something it's hard for me to really be fully in my zone of creativity I like to be at home just like in my <laughs> bunker of 
writing. I, that's my favorite place to be. Yeah. J as far as like creation and, st and stuff like that. I mean, I like doing other stuff and, and experiencing life, but like most of my time I want to be there, just in my garage or my room, just writing. And yeah, that, that's definitely. So you, you mentioned your, your sort of early life earlier in terms of, um, you know, getting uh, a keyboard from your uncle and stuff. Where, where, are, you, where are you originally from? I'm from uh, like the outer parts of LA. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I've I've been in LA my whole life. I don't even know. I don't know if it's like like ha if LA has a sound. People talk about LA having a sound, and it probably does. I a lot of my favorite writers are are from there and stuff. But I, I wonder like I don't even know what that would be, and if my music is part of that. I, I guess it's up to other people to to say if it's that. But it's definitely. I think. There's got to be some kind of like, there's some kind of feeling and vibe in LA that's pretty special. Just yeah. how the air smells at night, and I don't know. I just, it's, it's cool. I think it's, yeah. I think it's part of the whole thing. Did you um? So did you grow up going to any sort of like low end theory stuff? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really go to. I only went to low end theory one time, and I think I was like maybe 24 by that point. It was cool. There's a lot of. I don't even remember who was playing, but it was, it was fun. Uh, when, I, when I was younger, I was kind of sheltered and not sheltered, not like that, but like I just was in my own weird zone. I used to like, I don't know, musically, I guess it was mostly just like listening to records. It wasn't like going out and, and seeing stuff. I, when I was like in a music school later on, when I was like 20, 19, and 20, and stuff like that, like I would see more, more stuff, like mostly my friends playing and. And I would, I don't know, go see like jazz and stuff like that. Did you? What did you? Uh, what did you study? Oh, uh, I studied jazz drum set. That was like my field there. <laughs> it was fun. I, I, I mostly like school because of like the other people I met at the school, and they're just like really good creative musicians, and we still work together today. Um, you know, play, playing bands together or whatever. Um, are there any we might have heard of? As in, are there any that are now, you know, like, off doing that? Yeah, the guys I was with, uh, like Sam Gendel, I was there at the same time as him. Eldar Jangarov, uh, Tigran Amasian. Um, God, there's a lot of others. Um, uh, Robbie Marshall. Yeah, there's like some really good musicians. There's a ton that I'm forgetting.
um, the history of your YouTube channel, you you did a track like based around um, based around Mario Kart. Oh yeah. Um, what's your what would you say like your favorite video game is? Definitely Mario Kart. Yeah. All the way. Yeah, my favorite one is Mario Kart 64. Although the music for the Super Nintendo Mario Kart is the best music, yeah, yeah. but 64 is definitely. I think it's like the greatest game ever made. It's still people. I think people. Play it today, yeah, so. I, no, I, I saw my formative experience playing it, and like, a friend of <laughs> yeah. mine is like attic, like just the two of us with an N64, man. Like, yeah, that, that's all you needed. You needed that, and maybe I think we had like GoldenEye or something. Yeah, the, the, that's a classic, yeah, too, yeah. man. Yeah, the music in that as well. Like, you yeah, don't really think like, about it, but like, the, you know, the, 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 the sound design and the, and the music in a lot of those early. Nintendo games, like I know more about that music than. <laughs> yeah, man. No, that's serious. That's a serious thing, man. That digs itself way deep in your brain when you're in your development, like kid yeah, yeah. stage of your life. You know, it's like that's huge. And I was, I mean, we're lucky. We had Super Nintendo and, and stuff like that. Like the music for that is like a lot of it's like really creative and kind of like experimental. And they were like doing the best with what they had, and it, and it ends up coming up with like some pretty. I don't know, cool experimental music with like cool chords and cool sounds and yeah, I don't know. Last year, um, on Brain Feeder, do you feel like there's any sort of like specific uh, environments or like landscapes that like inspired the sound of the album, or was it sort of a, a singular? Yeah, just my house <laughs> in LA, uh, just my room and my garage, probably straight up. That I mean, and really just like whatever I was feeling at the time, or whatever life experiences, like definitely some of the inspiration probably came to me while I was like traveling around or, or something like that but most of it feels pretty much like the inside of my house so essentially your your creative process kind of lo not locking yourself away but sort of just constantly experimenting or like yeah, trying to definitely constantly would you um would you say that that's both in terms of like musically and also like comedically as in like you could, obviously there's there's like a, a hum there's a humorous you know part to a, a lot of what you do especially for like the more video based stuff yeah. and is it literally just sort of like trying to make yourself laugh or like trying to make yeah I, I mean it's it's mostly like I can't really separate that like obviously if I'm doing like a real slow sad song and and humor doesn't feel right for that vibe then I it won't make its way in. But I think I just like, I'm always trying to joke around with my friends and, and I'm trying to look for humor a lot of the time. So I think when I'm making music and stuff, it's just part of it. It's just not, it doesn't get separated usually. So I just keep it in. I don't try to like force it out or something. Yeah. So it's just in there. Like, yeah, so when I'm editing a video, it's like, I could just have this video of us playing a song, you know, recording a song. But I want to, if I can, if some idea comes to me, it's like, funny I'll just try to go with it yeah. well I guess also your as you said earlier your your sort of way into distributing your own music was YouTube mm -hmm. and there's kind of on YouTube there there is like a currency which is like 
trying to make people laugh and you're kind of part of a community of people that are, you know, like fairly supportive of one another. And yeah. That's, like, I think a lot of your fans, like, that's kind of their way in. The entertainment side of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't try to, like, force it either way, but a lot of times it's just like, it's just, I feel it's right, and so I just go with it yeah. and, <laughs> and just put it in. Do you feel like there's anything, right, maybe not spaces, but do you, do you feel like there was anything that particularly influenced the album? Like, was there anything that you were like listening to at the time? Or oh did man, you... probably so much music. Probably all of my influences ever. Probably at, around the time I was listening to, still a lot of James Brown, um, Michael Jackson, Skrillex, a uh, little bit of Janet Jackson, um, a lot of Lush, tons of Boards of Canada. Uh, geotic, uh, some classical stuff like Ligudi and um, some Hindemith and oh Chopin definitely, Miles Davis, Gil Evans big time, Tony Williams, Jack DeJohnette, Keith Carlock, Nate Wood. Um, so it's like a little bit of Nate Wood, a little bit of Janet Jackson. <laughs> yeah dude yeah. it's really it, it's probably all over the place. I would say like it was a lot of times I wasn't necessarily going for like a, oh I want like want to do like a this guy kind of song I was more just like I think like a lot of the influences had just kind of like become background noise in my brain and kind of so I was just I don't know going with whatever what's uh what records would you say are in the heaviest rotation like at the moment uh man okay I was editing a video the other day and that's usually when I do the most listening to other stuff I was listening to so much geotic um this guy Will Weisenfeld he also has or, yeah, I don't know if it's still going on. We had a group called Baths. It's all, all of his stuff's amazing. And I was just listening to a lot of Geotic, this old record called Hearth um, and Mend. And man, it's just like, it was really nice to just get really deep into that. And then uh, Boards of Canada, like their older stuff. There's one called like Random 35 Track Tape. And there's one called like A Few Old Tunes of Volume 2 or something. It's really deep music.
that's out on tour and is there either on on this tour or or you know when you've been traveling around previously is there anything where you've like gone to a country and discovered something where you go like shit like if i hadn't if i hadn't been here in this moment i wouldn't have discovered like this oh incredible. man yeah that happens sometimes sometimes we're we're like on tour and there's like another band playing that's really good um of course right now in this interview i can't remember anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> any specific <laughs> names but we have seen that and uh i remember i was like in an uber in cape town and this guy was listening to some kind of african music i don't know what part of Africa it was from. Maybe it was from South Africa, but it was just like pretty guitar stuff. It was like really grooving too. I don't know, it was cool. Where's your, where's your favorite place to play, would you say? Uh, is, that, is that a city where you've gone to it and gone like, yeah, uh, this is the shit? Definitely London is way up there, man. You don't have to say that. I think the two biggest shows I've ever had were in London. Like, tonight, so far with what I've been told, it seems like it's my biggest show actually. Just of my own show. Um, and then the second biggest was last time I was in London. And then other than that, I mean, I love uh, New York and LA, my hometown, and um, uh, Stockholm, Paris. Um, when when were you um, when were you lost out in Tokyo? I was there in December. Yeah, and I did a show. It was really fun. It's cool. I want to go back. Um, where, where were you? Where, where were you off to after London on your tour? I'm going to uh, Dublin. Oh, that's another good place to play, Dublin. Uh, and then Paris, and then Berlin. Amazing. Have you, uh, are there any of those places you've never played before? No, I've played all those places before. Not with this specific thing that I'm doing tonight, the completely solo show. How would you, um, how would you say, has there been like, uh, is there anything on this tour that you're doing particularly differently? Um, this tour, no, because I've been writing so much uh, at home that I've just mostly been trying to do that. So I, I didn't really have a lot of time to like play a bunch of new songs. This is like kind of the songs that I've been doing the last six months. Um, but I've never done this, this particular show or set here at any of these cities, so. the rest of the year then? Just, I want to write, man. I want to write so much new music. I have so many ideas. I just need to like write them down, make them into songs. Do you, do you find that the, the ideas come like more freely when, when you're on tour? Or is it is it literally just yes. like the matter of like you had these ideas and then almost the tour got in the way of it? Oh, that happens all the time. Every time I'm on tour actually. I mean, I love touring and I'm so grateful I get to do it, but it's like I Every time I'm leaving for the airport, I'm like, feel like I'm getting ripped away from this, in the, like some project that I'm like in the dead middle of, you know, like, yeah. shit. The second half of this year, I think, gonna be a, a lot of time at home to work this stuff out.
Um, you released a sort of follow-up to your album, like the live session extras. Um, yeah. well, where, you said that your, a lot of your inspiration almost comes from like writing in, in your own house. Like, how how did it come about that you end up getting an entire like brass section? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, those are all like in your in your in your uh, house in LA. Yeah, man. They're, they're, well, they're all friends of mine. All those people. And basically, for my album release show, I just got all those people to do the show and then I said can you do the next day record and they said yes and so yeah it's just it was just all my friends it was almost felt like a party I mean I was like really overwhelmed the whole day because I was like running around trying to like problem solve like a hundred problems and record and perform and stuff but it still felt like just like a house party yeah you know, just like all friends filming it as well mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah and they're all like badass like even the, the filmers are all badasses like the guy filming out on the deck he's like he's an incredible composer and piano player and like one of the guys filming on the inside they'll have beekeeper suits on but one of the guys filming like in the kitchen he's like a world famous car photographer and just creative mind um, and then this other guy Daniel Sunshine he's like the camera guy behind a lot of my recent videos, like Weird Part of the Night, he, he filmed that, and he's also a great musician too. It's, it's kind of crazy, all the people, like not even just the musicians, but all those people are just like such high level, like creative people, it's kind of crazy. And then they are filming your house party. Yeah, and then they're just wearing beekeeper suits filming it. Like how spontaneous was that? Because obviously, um, all of the transitions and stuff, like how, how long did it take you to pull that together? I wrote all those ideas down in my phone. I don't think there was any, besides just like little details in the music and solos and stuff, I think it was pretty planned all the way. I like, for that song it was like, alright, I'm gonna have a keyboard stand that has, it looks like a mannequin butt with legs on it, you know, like, and then I'm gonna play at the top of the stairs, run down to the drums, and then you're gonna pan over to the band and it's gonna be a big reveal and whatever. So I think it was mostly, I mostly had all that stuff planned. <laughs> Dropping, yeah, 20 insanely good musicians.
of um, playing in weird places. You obviously once had the pleasure of uh, playing for in Quincy Jones's living room. Mm-hmm. I heard. How 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 did that come about? Uh, our friend Lauren, who was actually singing on my on that live session you're talking about, uh, she showed our our music to one of her friends who like was one of the people at Quincy Jones management group. So that was how it happened. That's how they heard about us. And uh, Quincy Jones, he didn't know really about us when we walked in. <laughs> they were like, these are the guys that we showed you. And he was like, yeah, I don't think he really knew us at all. But it was cool. I mean, we played for him in his living room. He was like eating snacks and stuff and like rocking out. We were like doing a, a cover of PYT. And um, and I was just like playing a keyboard. And Genevieve was singing. And he was really into it then, but yeah, that was basically it. Just like real short yeah, yeah. thing. And what were you essentially invited down to just entertain him for a bit, or was it just like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. Like Quincy likes to have music when he eats his snacks. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, needs to be live musician. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I think it was it was gonna it was supposed to be a promotional video for this like Quincy Jones presents series where it was like his team chooses people that they think are cool around LA like so it's like I don't know how many times they did it maybe four times a year they have like a concert so we were the artist for whatever that part of the year so I think they wanted to do like a promotional video and have like film us playing for him while he's like eating guacamole but um, I, I don't think it ever turned into a video they were filming the whole thing right but I've never seen it <laughs> we're obviously currently backstage at um at heaven um, for the London leg of your tour and uh, yeah I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us yeah man thank you for having me